Hey friends, it's Abigail Avisi. Welcome back to Judgment Free Zone. We need vulnerability and empathy now more than ever. I hope you are able to find room for more curiosity, self-compassion, and empathy for yourself and others while you're here. I show up so you can too. Well, hello guys. This is Hannah with Untying the Knot. And this is Abigail with Judgment Free Zone. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing a joint podcast because this is a fun, uh, not a fun topic, but like a a, a good topic for both of our podcasts. Yeah. So we are going to be chatting about blended families and blending your families together. This is something I, I realized that on Untying the Knot, we have not talked about this at all. We've talked a lot about single motherhood and the divorce process or being a divorcee, but we haven't talked about bringing families together. I've done all of that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm a, I'm a child of a blended family. Um, and Brit obviously is getting remarried, but Ryan doesn't have kids. So you know, we haven't had this perspective yet on untying the knot on like what it's like to be the parent, you know, be the adult trying to do this (laughs) and manage this and help everyone and going through the struggles. Cause for me as a kid, I was so young when our families blended that like, it was never, I never really felt I don't, it never, it didn't really ever feel all that hard because I was so young. Like, I don't really even remember a life before, before my, my dad and brother who were technically my stepdad and stepbrother, which, you know, I was with them forever. Like it, it just doesn't even feel like a step family, but technically that's what it was. So anywho, I thought, I guess just kind of from your perspective, Abby, as you know, it's weird to think that like Daniel is the girl's stepdad. Like I've just, I've just always thought he's just Daniel. Like he's just the dad at the house. Like I've never thought of the step family for you guys either. You got to remember I was a step parent with my ex-husband too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I like, I don't know why I forgot about that, but I did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was so young. (laughs) and and shouldn't have been a step parent at that point um but yeah he had a daughter and so I feel like I grew a lot from that like looking back now you know I again like shouldn't have been in that position to begin with um it was not something no like so many (laughs) so many things um but that was really hard that young, you know, I was a senior in high school and he had, you know, a four month old and again, all red flags. I get it guys. Okay. So (laughs) I'm here, (laughs) I'm here, I see it and we're just gonna drive by. Okay. So like, but no, it was, um, you know, you're dealing with you know, baby mamas are rough in general. Like I get it. We like are protectors of our children. Um, you know, I think that in so many ways we are hurting those relationships. And at the end of the day, we're hurting the kids. Um, and it's really unfortunate, you know, like we all got our own stuff. Um, we need to work on our own stuff so that we can, you know, change what's happening. And, you know, again, I was so young with that first one that, you know, you got to think about like a 17 year old mom dealing with a 17 year old stepmom 
and yeah a 19 year old well she was probably 18 and you know my ex was 19 like teenagers dealing with things yeah that they should not be dealing with and that was really difficult you know like I wasn't given the opportunity to love this child who needed to be loved you know and there was so much heartache in that situation for everyone involved um my ex so you really you really have the experience of what not to do and what to do yeah (laughs) yeah you know and you know even even still like of course it's hard but the thing is is my bonus daughter that I have now in the blended family I mean that relationship is completely different than what that relationship when I first was a step parent was and again like that comes with age and um a lot of therapy and emotional (laughs) maturity um in general um yeah could our relationship ship be better of course unfortunately again we as parents really do play a huge huge role in how that relationship is and unfortunately more parents than not are not allowing the step parent to be what they need in their life and then also the step parent again is you know there I see so many even with the woman that like my ex is with now how much she is triggered by things and she probably doesn't even realize it and that is hurting the kids and they don't deserve any of this to begin with like we need to work on our stuff yeah it's yeah hard well it's and the other thing too is it's hard enough with you know even emotionally stable people or emotionally healthy people let alone when there are people in the picture that, you know, don't know how to communicate or (laughs) communicate well, at least. And all of it just adds like all these layers that you have to check in with yourself and evaluate. I know when, so I obviously Amberly has, um, has had two stepmoms now and I was 20, I think when she had the first one. And I remember she started calling her mom and Amberly was 18 months old at the time. And I was pissed. Mm. Like, I remember being so mad because I remember thinking, how does she know to call her mom? Like, cause you know, they said that she just started saying it, which, you know, who knows, who knows what actually happened. But I remember being really, really, really pissed that that happened. And then I, um, I think it was actually one of the teen moms that said it from the teen mom show said something about, um, like with the stepmom, like, even though it's hard to know that someone else is like in your place, essentially when they're at the other parent's house, like, don't you want your kids to have a safe motherly figure that they can go to when you're not there? And I heard her say that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, mm-hmm even though it's hard to like accept that, that now there's another woman who is a, a, you know, a motherly figure, a mom figure, like at the end of the day, I do want Amberly to have, to have that comfort, you know, and she's closer to her stepmoms now than her dad. Um, right. And that was really hard to embrace and accept and, you know, work through at 20, 21 years old, especially when all the pain from my ex was so fresh. 
but I knew that what was best for Amberly was to not feel like she couldn't accept her stepmom, you know, well, like if she, if she felt like that, I was resentful towards her. I didn't want her to have a bad relationship with her. Cause I didn't want her to go over to her dad's house and, you know, despise her stepmom. Right. Well, again, so. kids don't have the logic that we do as yeah. adults and they are complete emotion based. They, you know, they just want to feel loved. It doesn't yeah. matter who it is. Um, step parent, grandma, grandpa, friend, mom, dad, like it yeah. doesn't matter what, how you're going to react to things is going to either create shame or create love. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't, they don't, they don't see, oh, this person is treating me poorly, or this person is not really my mom or not really my dad. They see how you treat them. And that's literally showing them their where their place is for love and belonging yeah you play a huge role and impact on those little minds and it's really unfortunate what can happen (laughs) and I mean it's a very it's I take my job as that very seriously yeah you know yeah so what would um I, I, I guess what would some what are some things you've learned over the years that you could inspire the listeners to I mean again that like do go work on yourself like if you're (laughs) I mean if you're in a blended family like (sighs) what do you think so I guess what do you think some differences are between what you did the first time and what you did obviously I mean you said therapy and working on yourself but like what does that look like for people who don't know what that means I mean, again, on, it's, on your it's, podcast, you talk about it a lot, but we haven't talked about that kind of work as much on untying the knot. So, yeah, I, it's hard because again, you and I both were so young that yeah. like, it's a totally different viewpoint. So That's it's hard true. to say, it's hard to like <laughs> compare <laughs> what, what, like, I do differently because like, to me, everything is different. You know, I was in a very unhealthy relationship to begin with. It was, there was nothing about it that was right and okay. So, you know, again, like going to therapy and learning to trust myself and learning to love myself for me, you can only love somebody as much as you love yourself, like period. Like, (laughs) so how you treat yourself and pour into yourself is how you're going to be able to show up for others. And so that's what I would say, like, is the biggest thing that I've learned. I was a child who didn't already feel loved, who was searching for love. So I'm looking to put myself into others. So how can I expect a child to love me when I didn't even love, I wasn't giving them love either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, So now I've done the work to know my own worth and I'm able to show them their worth now, you know? Yeah. So that's a huge difference from the first time to this time. And, you know, I think in general, giving yourself so much self-compassion, like at the end of the day, like my past, like I played a role in it and I didn't know what I was doing, but I 
I know that I hurt her. There is, there's no way that I didn't affect her upbringing. You are, and she's going to have to process that and deal with that. And that sucks to know. It sucks to know that I was probably the villain in somebody's story. And I have to one own that. And I totally will. If she ever came to me one day and said like, dude, this blew, like, yeah, this sucked, you know, and just to sit in that and it's uncomfortable and you don't want to, unfortunately, if you want to heal, like we have to sit in it. And I know that that might be the story that she has of me and just giving myself that self-compassion of knowing where I was and knowing that I didn't stay there though. And that's where I can grow and heal and know that that's not who I am. And that's not who I was. It just was unfortunate. Well, and you didn't sense. Yeah, totally. You didn't have the emotional awareness. You didn't have the tools to recognize when you were being triggered or when, um, sorry guys, I'm readjusting here or when, um, I forgot the, the, the track I was going down, but you just didn't have the tools that you had the second time. I yeah. guess that's kind of what it comes down to. And you get those by going to therapy. Yeah. And <laughs> I know therapy can be, I thought about actually having a therapy episode at some point because therapy has been for some people, it's more accessible than, than any t- other, than any other time right now. And for other people, it's really difficult to find a good therapist, well, <laughs> which is been- difficult in general to find a good therapist, whether it's accessible or not. That's true. That's actually very true. And, you know, when you, when there's things that you want to work on and when, cause therapy is just gonna, it's going to benefit your, yourself, like your relationship with yourself and the relationships with everyone around you. Um, it's worth it to keep trying to find the therapist that's good for you. That's just a random side note because, (laughs) because that's, I know that's such a huge part of your journey is going to therapy and Mm -hmm. actually like, like actually putting the effort into it because you can, people can go to therapy and just say that they're going, but if you're not really making the effort and not really, um, being honest with yourself and with your therapist, then it's hard to actually have the, the change. Yeah. I thought I was thinking about like with blended families too, is just the, um, you know, I would just say that like, when you do notice yourself getting triggered with what the kids that you're, you know, being the parent to in that role, that step parent role, is just be curious about what's really happening. Cause again, it's really about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I keep saying like, you know, you can't love until, or have that, you know, show that love and self-worth until you feel that for yourself. Cause whatever's triggering you, like that's the story you're creating, which probably isn't what they're trying to do or create. That was, that was what I was thinking when I was readjusting and I lost my train of thought. I was thinking that you always say, stay curious. And that's something that I've taken in my life is like when I get irritated or when I feel triggered about something, I immediately start asking myself, like, where is this coming from? Like, why is this bothering me? Like, what is unhealed within me that like, what is this exposing right now? Mm -hmm. And 
that's also something that you learn <laughs> in therapy <laughs> is to how to address those shadows, you know, and the shame shadows and all the different shame. Uh, what are they called? I call them the shame shadows. Yeah. Oh, the, the, okay. they're the shame shadows. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. There you go. And how they play roles in our life. I mean, we, it again goes back. I mean, there's a ton of stuff like, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna go off on a tangent. I mean it's our attach our it's our shame shadows but they're all based off of our attachment wounds yeah so abuse neglect betrayal abandonment um missing something there's six Re- rejection yeah thank right? you Isn't that one yeah I don't know which ones I named yet anyways but there's neglect. all of those betrayal I think I said that anyways but oh. you have your everybody has attachment wounds from our past so we have attachment wounds. We create a story around them and they create core beliefs on our hearts. And then we have these shame shadows that play a role in it. They're basically the shame shadows are showing evidence. They're constantly looking for evidence to prove why you have these core beliefs about yourself. So, and when the, when the people around you do something, especially your, you know, the kids, when they do something, it triggers those shame shadows. Oh, kids are walking <laughs> triggers for you. Literally. Like, I think it's so it's so I don't even know the word like when people think that having a kid is helpful in marriages like (laughs) I don't know why I felt like I saw that growing up didn't you see that yeah totally so many people that like all of our all of our problems would be fixed if we just have a kid and I'm like oh my god like no seriously no like no 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 well and no. I know that's, that's part of why um like I, I've talked about inner child work and inner child healing oh too, yeah on untying the knot like that's a huge part over the last maybe year or so like I've been working on he- healing my inner child so much and it's allowed me to parent Amberly in a totally new way yeah. like I look back on you know years ago like different things that would happen and how I would react to something or what she would say about something. And now like, I can see that the, those wounds, I can see the things that were hurting me and now I handle it totally differently. Right. And that's, that's, you know, that's fairly recent, like within the last year. And I remember at first, when I first like realized it, I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have started doing this when she was a baby <laughs> because that's, you know, that's, that's what I thought at the beginning. And now I'm like, you know what, it's better now than never, right? Like it's better that I figured it out eventually. And the thing is, is your kids are going to have pain no matter what. what? Yeah. (laughs) I remember when you told me that too, like Amberly's gonna have trauma. It's probably going to be from you (laughs) and, and we'll help her through it. And I'm like, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all do. And, you know, we want to protect our kids from all of these scenarios, but we can't have that. We can't have joy without the pain. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've talked about that a bajillion times. And again, I know it's way easier said than done because I want to protect my kids too. Yeah. And that's ultimately where I think those, you know, stepmom like things those shadows come in and the triggers pop up is because we want to protect our babies and so we get all mama bear but who is it really protecting yeah yeah again like what is it really doing and that's why we need to stay curious about it is 
if we're trying to protect, if we're really trying to protect and show up and this person who is step parenting is really evil, then we show them boundaries and we teach them how to handle unhealthy people. Because at the end of the day, I've looked, okay, this is another thing that like, I feel like I've really learned is at the end of the day, I'm given the opportunity to teach my kids in these moments how to handle themselves in my home before they leave and as much as it sucks having divorced parents and as much as it sucks having to deal with all of these peoples and situations and scenarios what a blessing it is for me to be able to have those situations in my home now yeah and looking at it as a blessing rather than this sucks yeah because we are all going to deal with people who suck yeah so they can learn it now and have these have these lessons for their whole life like they can learn how to handle these things now instead of when they're you know 30 trying to deal with it right I mean well they still will but (laughs) well no they still will but I mean trying to learn it that late in life yes not not that it's late but you know later on and of course I'm not saying like being a shitty step parent is like what I want everyone to have or like that you're teaching them a lesson by being shitty like no go do your work like I said they don't you know they're they don't deserve that like they're they didn't do anything they didn't ask for this I'm just saying with what I have been given and what my kids do have I am using it to the best that I can rather than not seeing it that way yeah yeah I think that's a great perspective to have yeah okay something else I thought that I don't know that we have ever talked about this very much, Hmm. but did you, I feel like maybe you mentioned it anyway, did you at any time feel like you were trying to like get the acceptance of your bonus daughter? I almost said her name. I don't know if you're keeping names out. Yeah. I'm keeping names out online. um, Was that something that you like had to deal with? Like trying to like make sure she liked you? And like, do do you feel like you ever parented her differently than your girls because of it? So the first time for sure, again, um, and like I said, I think that there's a lot to say that I wasn't given the opportunity to love her as well. Like that was just not there the first go around, um, with my current bonus daughter, um, no, I think our relationship at some points is closer than my own, yeah. um, which again, can come with its own hurts sometimes too. You know, we have yeah. her, we have her full time. So we get a lot of time together and it's awesome and it's fun. And um, we definitely have, I have a relationship with each of them so differently. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think that just, goes for her as well her and my relationship um is awesome like I was I was given that opportunity to love and be there and just show up for her because my husband's awesome (laughs) you know I have a great you know husband and who is super supportive and um you know, we share everything. So I think that that also goes with that blended family thing is, you know, I think a lot of people in general struggle 
um, to have conversations and open conversations. And I find myself coaching and having conversations with a lot of um, my clients on how much they don't really talk to their spouses. And interesting. And I share everything (laughs) with (laughs) my husband. Like he's my best friend. Like we, and that's something that was different from again, like my previous marriage, like we just are so open and honest and he doesn't shame me when I am feeling triggered by my bonus daughter. We're able to talk about it and we're able to say like, this is coming up for me. Or if I feel something triggered with me, even with my, like the ones I've birthed, like with Daniel, like Mm -hmm. I can tell him and be like, this is the story I'm creating in my head. Like, are you really feeling this way about my kids or is it totally just made up? Yeah. And we talk about it because really that's what we do a lot of the time. You know, like we've, we've heard it before. Like our minds are our scariest place. It's because we create these stories that like most of the time, like aren't even true. Well, and we don't talk about the stories. (laughs) And that's why I'm saying we need to, you know, like, that's why I'm saying, like, I hear these spouses not communicating and not talking about it because it, when we're vulnerable, it creates room for hurt. Yeah. But it also creates room for opportunity and connection. And that's what we have. And because we're able to have that, we're able to give our kids that in this house and in this space. Yeah. I did that answer your question. Totally, totally. And I I think it what I'm hearing is that you're really you've been given the space to actually love her and create a really beautiful relationship and that comes from being able to communicate with your husband and choosing to communicate, you know, the hard maybe the harder conversations. Right. And I just want to say definitely that, doing that. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say that it because we have that space here, we're able to work through it, but it's not, um, the other side is like, not is, I don't know how to talk about it. Like how it is, <laughs> how like it's not the, the same. Yeah. The parent of my bonus daughter is not it reciprocated. Like I yeah. am very much like evil in her eyes, yeah. which like, yeah again, whatever is all her own shit at the end of the day, honestly. Yeah. Um, because, because it is, yeah, it just is. And that's again, a whole nother topic. But the point is, is because we are able to have such an open dialogue with my husband and I, we are able to communicate that efficiently ourselves by what's happening on the other parenting side to do what is best for our daughter, not ourselves or what's coming up for ourselves. And we're able to like hold space for that and hold space for her when that is coming up from the other side. And that's, what's important is showing her that, you know, like we're here in it and, you know, like not shaming the other parent when she comes to me and says like this happened and the other parent is saying this you know, like just sitting in it with her and Hey, what, what's coming up for you in that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? How are you being affected by that? Like, what do you need and teaching her how to check in with that? You know, not going like, Oh, that was shitty of her to say that about me. Like, that's not, that's not my place at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think too many times that's what we see and hear. It's like, how dare she do that? Or how dare they talk that way? Or, you know, whatnot, like, 
let, how about we like hear what's going on for them? Cause that's not easy hearing yeah. a kid, hearing people talk crap about the people they love. Yeah, for sure. Something that I'm thinking about all of this is it basically seems like the, the, the takeaways or like the bottom line here is to work on yourself. If you're in a blended family and you're feeling like it's not what you want it to be, maybe you don't have the relationship with your stepkids or maybe even with the, the other parents, the way that you do, I feel like the bottom line is to work on yourself and communicate like the hard, the hard stuff, the good stuff, like just leave the lines of communication open. Right. That's kind of, I feel like you could summarize it. Yeah. There <laughs> Very is, I mean, at broadly. the end of the day, statistics show that there is a higher rate for divorce with blended families. Yeah. You got a lot going on. There's a lot coming at you. So, you know, you might as well be prepared and do your due diligence to not have that happen and not put so yourself have, or your kids in that position. I have one more question. Yeah. Off that what happens if your spouse is not, um, I guess, open or available or willing to communicate openly? Like if you're doing this work and they're not like, what do you do? I mean, you can't control what other people do. And unfortunately we, um, you know, are either going to come at it and be like, Hey, you know, like I see some things that I'm doing and I see some patterns that are happening in our relationship too. And, um, I want to better myself for me and you and our kids. Like, what does that look like for us? What can we do? I have some ideas. Can you come up with them too? I mean, again, it just depends on what each individual needs, which like yeah. I could have thousands of different conversations to look like that. I'm just, giving a base um yeah you know if you're not married yet that's a different story if you're with somebody and you will be blended like you can have non-negotiables for yourself and again not to be controlling it's for you so for me when I met my husband a non-negotiable was you're we're going to be in therapy for at least a year and yeah. he didn't want to do it he wanted to be with me so he did it and he was in therapy for a year and by, it was like, gosh, it was probably like a year and a couple months. He came to me and said like, okay, I see that I need it too. And again, yeah. I, I had done the work to find the good therapist already. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that really helped was that we didn't have to go through a bunch. I already was like, Hey, go to these people, pick, you know, the therapist. Yeah. I think this one would be great for you. Let me know. And he, I mean, he got lucky because again, I had already <laughs> been going there for so long. So if you guys see my therapist and you're in Arizona, let me know. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you can have that conversation again, if you're already married and going through it, but you want to work on yourself, just start there and have the conversation with your spouse, you know, like, yeah. again, like I said, um, hopefully he's going to be willing, she's going to be willing to work on themselves at the end of the day and yeah. that they want that too. Um, it's a different conversation down the line. If that doesn't happen, I mean, you get to choose whether or not that's the relationship you want to continue being in then. Like, I can't make that decision yeah. for you and it's not an easy one. Um, but you do get that choice, you know, like I, 
it's the same with even friendships. And I think that that's what, you know, we need to look at is sometimes people are in our space for a season and that can be a little bit trickier with marriages. Obviously we're affecting a lot more people in lives, but I would hope, you know, the relationships that are important, we're both equally putting in yeah, um, what's needed. Yeah. The yeah. effort to be done. I, yeah. Again, yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, for I sure. Would, I would hope that the spouses out there are just as much wanting to heal for themselves and their families. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's not a one size fits all answer, yeah. obviously like none of this is it's just, yeah, I again, like asking if- these, I like asking these questions just to be like a starting point kind of like just to open your mind and just not you, the listener, like just to, just to be open and aware and, you know, just start. Yeah, and I just want to say like abuse is different. Like yes. I just need to like disclaimer yes. that like abuse is not like one that you need to communicate with them. Like that's a non-negotiable married, not like you should not be being verbally, spiritually, physically, mentally abused. End yeah. of story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. cause you know, even in my, you know, my first marriage, like, again, like I didn't see the abuse. And again, it's a lot harder when you're in it. Like it's easier to say, like, don't stay, but you don't know sometimes. Um, and I didn't know that I was, yeah. so I stayed and I probably, I mean, I don't want to say never would have left, um, but it would have taken a lot longer. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I know em- emotional, mental abuse is Mm -hmm. so tricky I didn't even know it was a thing until years after I left the well and that was the other thing for me too I didn't even leave the relationship like he ended it (laughs) well that's what I'm saying I didn't either yeah he he ended it too yep yeah and and then you look back and you realize wait a second oh yeah that was (laughs) that was abuse I am an abuse survivor I remember when I realized that I was like wow that's you know that's a whole thing. <laughs> yep. So, yep. That's that's that. Any yeah. other questions about blended families? I don't think so. I hope you guys took something from this. I just thought it would be a, you know, a new perspective we haven't had yet. And I definitely think I feel like honestly, when when you really think about life in general and like all the topics that we've talked about when we've talked about anything. Like it always comes down to working on yourself, <laughs> honestly. I know. I Well, I mean, again, like I clearly take that very seriously. That's what I do for yeah. a living is helping people yeah. work on themselves. <laughs> and it's only, it's not, again, like it just brings so much um, to your life being able to. Yeah. It, it's, and it's not to be like, oh, you need to work on yourself. It's I am saying we need to work on ourselves because it, it gives so much when we do. And something that I always say, it's not like, it's not your fault that these things have happened to you, that the trauma that you have from your childhood and adolescence that, you know, are, I know for me, that's, that's where a lot of my core beliefs have stemmed from. I think most people. Yeah. One to 18 is where most of our, and like, you can't, you can't, uh, avoid that you know like it just happens but you can acknowledge it and you can 
take the you can take the steps and accept responsibility for changing going forward you know no trauma is that's the that's when I say like work on yourself like why it's uplifting is it's not the trauma itself it's the stories we've created about ourselves from the trauma yeah and that's why it's encouraging is because that means that we have the capabilities to change it right now yeah and that's what's empowering is that we don't need to go and take let the trauma take control of us we actually get to do it now yeah and that gives us our power back yeah Mm -hmm. exactly so but yeah so I appreciate all of you guys listening yeah (laughs) on Hannah's podcast and mine for this episode (laughs) this is fun this was a good time it is it's always a good time with my best friend talking I think about this this is just like what you're we recording do. it yeah this is I am recording it yeah um, I, th- I thought I was gonna have to no. get ready to end it but you are <laughs> no I will but yeah no it's always this is like literally what we do we we even like the other day we're talking about like remember we were I was like driving to school I was like we should have just been able to record this conversation like <laughs> yeah because we just like have conversations all the time that are like this would be a great podcast for us. This would be that would have one. been really good for someone else to listen to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I always appreciate you. So thanks for yeah. chatting with me. Of course. I appreciate you too. Yeah. Good All times. Right. times. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thanks friends for listening in. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you'd like to be more involved in our community, hop over to Instagram and find me at Abigail Levisi. Keep showing up. I will too. See you next time.